Uh, I want to encourage everyone to strive to the best of your ability to be here Friday evening for our seminar and also on Saturday. Next Sunday uh, at all our regular worship services, um, Eric Lyon will be speaking. And we look forward to that. He'll be here for Bible study, uh, also for worship. And then the evening service, as has been mentioned, has moved up to 3 o'clock. And so let's hope that uh, you can make that effort and and be here to encourage him, but also to glean something uh, from his word. And so uh, from his words that he's going to give to us. And so we're thankful that he's taken the time out to to be with us. And let's uh, just make sure we support it and encourage others to come. Bring your friends, bring your family, bring your neighbors, bring anyone that may uh, need to hear this subject. And I think that it will help us. You know, is the Bible reliable? I think a lot of times even ourselves we may question whether god's word is something that you know god's given us and so i think that this seminar will help that casting all your cares upon him for he careth for you many people have asked the question does jesus really care about me and i'm sure that there are people that are Counted, or you know, they, they, they think they have nothing to offer. They feel useless, and they may ask that question: Does Jesus care about me? And there are times, and maybe in our own lives, where we struggle. Something's going on, and maybe we prayed and we prayed and we prayed, and we don't get the answer that we want real quick. And so we ask: Does Jesus care? We even have a song in our songbook. You want to? I want to read the verses of that song because I think that it portrays a lot of what we feel sometimes in our lives. It's hymn number hymn number forty, and it's the song "Does Jesus Care?" And it says, "Does Jesus care when my heart is pained too deeply for mirth or song, as the burdens press and the cares distress, and the way grows weary and long?" Does Jesus care when my way is dark with a nameless dread and fear as the daylight fades and the dark and the deep night shades? Does He care enough to be near? Does Jesus care when I've tried and failed to resist some temptation strong when for my deep grief there is no relief though my tears flow all the night long? Does Jesus care when I've said goodbye to the dearest on earth to me? And my sad heart aches till it nearly breaks. Is it aught to Him does He see? You know, there are times probably in all of our lives where we go through something, and if you haven't yet, well, you've got something to look forward to because there's going to be times in our lives where we go through difficult times. There may be financial issues, there may be uh, health issues, there may be the loss of a loved one. It may be some temptation, as the song mentions, that we've given into, and we're sad and we're remorseful about it. And we wonder, does Jesus care on those situations and in those times? In First Peter chapter five, verses six and seven, there it is talking about our heavenly Father that He cares. And I believe that the answer is very simple when we ask, does Jesus care? Does God care? The answer is a resounding yes. Because He tells us that we can cast 
all of our cares. Not just some. Not just the ones that you think you can't handle. He's got to take care of them. He says we can cast all of your cares upon Him. I ask you, does anybody, any of us have a friend that's like that? Besides Jesus? Besides God? That they really want to hear about all of our cares? All of our problems? All of our troubles? All of the things that we worry about? Even though we're not supposed to worry? Things that we're concerned about? The Bible says He careth for you. And so, yes, I can cast all my cares upon Him. Whatever afflicts me, He is concerned about. And He wants to help me. And yes, the Bible shows us that God cares. That Jesus cares. So this morning, I want to look at some of the winds and how our Lord cares for us. How He cares for each one of us. When did Jesus care for us? Well, when He took upon Him the sins of the world. And He died on a cross for you and me. Because He's showing us there that how much He really loves us and cares about us. He died on that cross. In Philippians chapter 2, verses 7 and 8, it says, "...but made Himself of no reputation, and took upon Him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of, man, of men." And being found in fashion as a man, he humbleth himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Think about what that Scripture is showing us. That he humbled himself. Think of where he was. He was in heaven with God. And the heavenly host. And the descriptions that we see in the New Testament of of what heaven is like. Jesus was there in the presence of all of that. And He left that and came down to this earth. He humbled Himself to die for your sins and mine. Did you notice what that one verse said there? That we need to humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God. As Christians, I hope we realize the importance of humbling ourselves. That means that when we humble ourselves, we're going to do what God wants us to do. We're surrendering our life to Him. And yes, God cares and Jesus cares, and He took on the sins of the world when He hung on the cross. And in Romans chapter 5 and verse 8, it says, "...but God commendeth His love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us." You know, there's a lot of people out there in the world that don't understand that. And maybe some of us may question, how could God love us when we didn't care about Him? But the Bible tells us that He did. He cares for us when He tells us what we need to do in order to be saved. Because the Bible plainly shows us that all of sin and comes short of the glory of God. The Bible tells us that none are righteous. We need the blood of Christ. And when Jesus tells us what we need to do in order to be saved, when He said, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the world, He's loved us enough to die and to show us what we need in order to be saved. Mark makes it a little plainer. 
When he says, Go ye therefore, or go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, he that believeth not shall be damned. And so that gospel message is the fact that Jesus came to this earth, he died on the cross, he was laid in the tomb, and he rose victorious over the grave. He did all of that because of our sins. And He's given us a way, shown us a way through the grace of God of what we need to do in order to be saved. Does Jesus care? Does God care? He most certainly does. Does Jesus care when everything in life seems to be going wrong? You know, I answer the phone at home this month. It just seems like this month has just been a one call after the other. You answer it and there's something happening with someone that's not good. And sometimes that's in our own lives where it just seems like every day do we want to get out of bed because something else is going to happen if I do. Or even if I stay in bed, something may happen there. We have family problems, financial problems, We have sickness. Our health fails us. Death comes into our lives. All kinds of things that can take place in our lives. And does Jesus care about us? And when we're struggling, we may ask that question. But listen to what it says in Hebrews chapter 4, verses 14 through 15. Seeing then that ye have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, Let us hold fast to our profession. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched by our feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Jesus came to this earth, and He's our high priest reigning in heaven now. And He knows what you and I have gone through, what we go through, and the problems that we face. You talk about family problems? His family thought He was crazy. They didn't believe Him. They questioned Him. How how difficult would that be to know you came to this world to save your own family and others, obviously, but your own family rejects you. Think of all the people that Jesus had compassion and mercy on and healed them of their sickness, of their disease, The blind, the lame, the deaf, the lepers. He healed them all. Does He not know about your health issues, your sicknesses, mine? Does He care? Does He know what it's like to experience death? To have a loved one pass? Well, read John chapter 11. Where His friend Lazarus died. And he went, and the Bible tells us the shortest verse in the Bible Jesus wept. Does Jesus care? Yes, he does. He cares for you and me. Turn to Psalms 103. In Psalms 103, the first few verses of that chapter. It tells us, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of His benefits, who 
forgiveth all thine iniquities, whose health healeth all thy diseases, who redeemeth thy life from destruction, who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfieth thy mouth with good things, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord exalt or executeth righteousness and judgment for all that are oppressed. That's what God does for us. We should never forget the benefits that we have as His children, as followers of Christ, as followers of God. And sometimes when we're struggling, we kind of forget about those blessings that we have. We forget about the good things that God has given us. Sometimes we take them for granted. He satisfies us with good things, the food that we can eat that rebuilds us. He has mercy on us. He loves us. He redeemed my life from destruction. Think about that. Where were we headed? Where were you headed when you were living in sin? Until the blood of Christ cleansed you of your sin, think about what direction you were going. Oh, we may not think of that. We may not like that. We may not even appreciate it. But we should. Because think about what our Lord has gone through to show His love for us. You see, there may be times, as I mentioned, when we give in to temptation. But think of the benefits that we have as a Christian, which we've been studying about on Sunday night, looking at 1 John chapter 1 and chapter 2, that when we do sin as a Christian, we have an advocate, someone there pleading our case. And that's Jesus Christ. And if we'll confess that sin, God is faithful and just to forgive us our sin. But that doesn't give us the license to go out and do and live any way that we want. We need to be faithful to God. We have Jesus as our advocate. Could it get any better than that? To know that He's acting on our behalf with our Father. How does Jesus care for us? He wants us to be comfortable. You see, when we talk about does Jesus care, there may be some... Well, you know, the Scripture here that we're looking at here in Second Peter, or First Peter, is telling us that God cares. Does Jesus really care? You know, the whole Godhead cares about us. Look at what God has done. He sent His Son. Look at Jesus, what He's done. He came and He was willing to die. And look what the Spirit has given us. The Spirit has given us God's Word. It's through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit that we have recorded for us what God expects for you and me. And so when we talk about God, I don't believe it's just God the Father that cares about us. All three of them care about us. They all love us. God the Father... God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And does God care about me and want me to be comfortable? Well, let's look at Psalms chapter 23. A very familiar passage of Scripture. I would imagine that a lot of people in this room have that passage memorized. But listen to what it says. The Lord is my shepherd. 
I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for Thou art with me. Thy rod and Thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. When David said that the Lord was his shepherd, no doubt he was talking about God. But Jesus tells us in John chapter 10 and verse 14, I am the good shepherd, and I know my sheep, and I am known of mine. So as I was saying, they both, all three, they care about us. They love us. And when David says, the Lord is my shepherd, the question is, can we say it? Can you say that? In Psalm chapter 23, he says, He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. I read, I don't know a whole lot about sheep, but I've read about some sheep just to see what what is significant about what the Scripture teaches us about sheep. And I've read that a sheep will never lie down when they're hungry. And the picture that we see here in Psalms chapter 23 is the green pasture where the sheep has eaten their fill. And then when satisfied, they lie down. God takes care of us. We feast upon His Word and we take comfort from that. Or we should take comfort from that. We have problems in our life. Difficulties arise. Persecution takes place. We still have comfort of knowing our Lord is our shepherd. He leads me in places that are in quiet places. As it says in Psalms 23, He leadeth me beside the still waters. The Hebrew here reads, waters of rest. And that entire verse speaks of the tranquility that belongs to one who is in fellowship with God. Think about what that means when we when we are in fellowship with God. That gets back to over to First John chapter one, where we're we're walking in the light. And if we're walking in that light, we have fellowship with God. And there's something very comforting in knowing that we have fellowship with our Father in heaven. Think about that relationship. And there are times that we sin. How uncomfortable are we during that period of time where we haven't taken care of it? You see, when you read the other passages of Psalms, different Psalms that David wrote, you can see that when he had sinned with Bathsheba and did some of the things that he had done, that he didn't have the joy of salvation. And how many people have lost that joy because they're not in fellowship with God? There is something very comforting in knowing that you're living a life that's pleasing to God. How do I know that? How do I know I'm pleasing to God? When my life lines up with His Word. 
Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 7. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Does our Lord want us to be comfortable? Yes. Does that mean that life is always going to be pleasant? No. As I always point out, Paul and Silas put in prison and they're singing songs of praise and praying to God. Do you think they were comfortable while they were in that jail? you think they were happy being in that jail? I would suspect not, but yet they have the peace that passeth all understanding. The peace that you and I can have when we're in fellowship with God. Does Jesus care? He most certainly does. Does God care? He most certainly does. Rejoice in the Lord. Be thankful for what God has given us because it's those good things that God has blessed us with, that comfort that we get from His Word, that strength that we place when we place His Word in our heart, the courage to stand up and say what needs to be said. All of those things are gifts from God that He's given to us. He gives us strength. In Psalms 23, He says, He restoreth my soul. The human application that we can see here is that of converting Christians who have fallen away from their duty. He can bring them back. David certainly would understand what that would be about. He prayed, give me the joy or return to me the joy of salvation. How many of us have that joy? How many of us, if we're honest with ourselves, we obeyed the Gospel. When we obeyed the Gospel, maybe we had that joy, but it's kind of just faded away. That wasn't the intention. We didn't have that desire that we got up one day and said, ah, just let it go. No, it just kind of, like a sheep, wanders away. We need to be restored. And maybe you need to look at your life. And see if you have that peace and that comfort that comes from serving God by having that fellowship. And if you do not, then maybe you should change your life. Change your priorities. Listen to God's Word. Put it in your heart. And live by it. Now, the whole world out there may not appreciate that. Because unfortunately, we live in a society today that is turning away from God, turning away from His Word. They don't want to hear it. They don't want to hear it, see it. And they don't want to talk about it. And many times they don't want to talk about it because they know their life isn't lined up with God's Word. And they don't like the thought of knowing that there's someone that's higher up than they are that they're going to answer to someday. And maybe we get in that way, in that, that way of thinking sometimes. Jesus tells us a story in Luke chapter 15. Beginning in verse 3, it says, And He spake this parable unto them, saying, What man of you having a hundred sheep, 
If he lose one of them, doth not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness to go after that which is lost until he find it? And when he hath, when he hath found it, he layeth it upon his shoulders rejoicing. And when he cometh home, he, re, he call, calleth together his friends and neighbors, saying unto them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth more than over the ninety and nine just persons which need no repentance. Many years ago, my wife and I taught the first grade in vacation Bible school. And this was one of the lessons that we dealt with. And we had a stuffed lamb that we took outside and we hid it in the bushes in the courtyard of the church. And then we took the class. We told the story. And we said, we're going to be shepherds. We're going to go look for that lamb. And we went out and we looked. And when they found that lamb, what do you think they did? Oh, I got it. No, they didn't. When they found that lamb, guess what? Everybody heard about it. Everyone heard them jumping and hollering because they found a stuffed lamb. A stuffed lamb. You know, we're the sheep in the Lord's pasture. And when we go astray, He's concerned about that one sheep. He loves us. And imagine the joy that's in heaven over one sinner. One sinner that repents. More than over the 99 just persons which need no repentance. Does that mean that the Lord doesn't care about the 99? No. He just knows that that one needed help. And He cared about that one that had wandered off. And if you've wandered off from God, He cares about you. He loves you. In Psalm chapter 23, He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. He leads me. Why does He do that? Because He knows that it's not in man that walketh to direct his own steps. He knows what Proverbs chapter 14 and verse 12 says, that there is a way which seemeth right unto man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. And so He directs us in the paths of righteousness. We don't have to follow it. We can be one of them sheep that just wander away. But He wants us to be righteous. And so He tells us in His Word. gets back to the Spirit guiding us through the Word. You know, sometimes we don't know what the Word says because we don't study. You know, we're like little birds in a nest. We, 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 we wait for somebody to put it in our mouth to feed us. If you're hungry, I don't know about you, when I'm hungry... I'm looking in the cabinets. I'm looking in the refrigerator. I'm trying to find something to eat. And I'm not going to wait for somebody else to get it for me. I'm going to get it myself. The question is, how many of us hunger and thirst for righteousness? Hunger for God's Word. He cares enough to show us what we need to know. 
That's why He directs our steps. Because He cares. Psalms 23, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for Thou art with me. There are valleys in this life that we must pass through. And there are many times that the way may seem weary and the long nights may seem dreary, but He's not left us. And we can be thankful for that. You see Hebrews chapter 13, in the last part of verse 5 and verse 6, it says, Be content with such things that you have, for He has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee, so that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper, and I will not fear. You know, the Lord won't leave us, but we can leave Him. Does Jesus care? Does our Heavenly Father care? I think that we can see the answer. In Psalms 23, verses 5 and 6, Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. God wants us to go home to heaven. He wants us to come to His house and dwell with Him for eternity. Jesus said in John 14, verses 1-4, through Let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in Me. In My Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto Myself, that where I am, there you may be also. The Lord wants you, and He wants me, to come home with Him. Think about that. The God of this universe, the Creator of this universe, who spoke it into existence and breathed into the nostrils of man the breath of life and He became a living soul. He wants us to come and live with Him. And He tells us what we need to do so that can happen. Does He care? Yes, He cares. Romans chapter 8, verse 31 through 39. What shall we then say to these things? O God, if God be for us, who can be against us? He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for, all, for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifieth. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that dieth, yea, rather, that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword, as it is written, for thy sake we are, all, we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through Him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, neither height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. What a blessing to know that there's nothing out there that can separate me from God. There's only one thing that can separate me from God. My own sin. 
And that's why it's so important that we live a faithful life. It's so important that we have fellowship with God, that we can have that comfort so we can lie down in green pastures and we can have the still waters. We can have all the comfort that God gives us. Think about all of those things that the Lord has promised us. How much does Jesus care? He cared enough to die for us. John 3, verses 16 and 17, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. Think about that. He, God at one point destroyed mankind with the exception of Noah and his family. God didn't send Jesus here to destroy man. He sent Jesus here to save man. Oh, there will be a lot of destruction on, the, on, on that final day. And there will be a lot of people that are lost on that day. But it won't be because Jesus and God didn't love them. It would be because they did not love Jesus. And they didn't love God enough to be obedient to Him. Matthew 26 and verse 39, Jesus said, And He went a little further and fell on His face and prayed, O My Father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from Me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as Thou will. He came to serve His God. He came to live the life that God had planned for Him. Are you? Do you love God? Do you love Jesus? Do you love His Word? Do you love His church? All the things that we see that He loves us. And so we can ask the question, does He care about little old me? Does He care about little old you? And the answer is yes. As the song concludes, oh yes, He cares. I know He cares. His heart is touched with my grief. When the days are weary and the long nights dreary, I know my Savior cares. So yes, He cares. He cares enough that He wants you to be saved. This morning, if you're not a Christian, we know what Jesus has done. The question is, do you want to be obedient to His will? Because it was Jesus who said, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. What do I need to believe? I need to believe that Gospel message. The fact that He died for our sins, that He was buried and that He rose victorious over the grave. That He is the Messiah. He is the Son of God. He is who He claims to be. When I believe that message, then I repent of my sins. I turn away from those sins. I'm going to stop doing those things. It's a determined uh, uh, determination that I make in my heart that I'm going to stop doing those things. Am I saved at that point? No, the Bible doesn't say I'm saved at that point. I still have to con confess His name before men. Jesus said in, John, in Matthew chapter 10, verse 32, that if we're confessing before men, He'll confess us before His Father which is in heaven. And that we need to be buried with our Lord in baptism. That's not optional. I know there's a lot of denominations out there that will say you don't have to do that in order to be saved. But Jesus said, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. 
And we see that practice in the book of Acts over and over and over and over. And people can say, well, that's the way it was back then. Well, my friend, that's the way it ought to be today if we want to be the child of God that God wants us to be. And we can have that home in heaven. And you can go home to be with God when your time comes or when this world comes to an end. And what a blessing it is to know that I'll be welcome there. I'll be welcomed. And when you repent and turn away from your sin and are buried with our Lord in baptism, the angels in heaven rejoice. What are you waiting for if you're not a Christian? Why put it off another minute when we see what all our Lord has done for us? Does He care? Oh yes, He cares. Do you need to respond to the invitation? Come and have a seat up here on the front row while we stand. There's a great...